Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If we were all going out and having lunch together and I said, let's ask whoever the, whoever's in the next table, no matter how what, what restaurant we're in, have, have them explain the supply chain to us. Think they understand what we're talking about? They're smart people. Okay. You know, one, one more. Give me 42, Michael. And by the way, you all write for a living. I haven't seen any one of you explain the supply chain very well. No, no, I'm not being critical. I'm being deadly earnest. When your editor says, explain the supply chain. Okay? Lots of luck in your senior years, my coach used to say. So what the what? So what, what? What was he driving at there, the president? My recollection is, I was just trying to remember that very thing. I think he was asked about his low poll numbers and the economic challenges and the interruptions in the supply chain. People can't, you know, get the goods and inflation. And his response is, people don't understand the supply chain. If you're going out to a restaurant, I mean, it doesn't matter what restaurant. And you're to ask the table next to you, explain the supply chain. They wouldn't be able to. <laughs> what are you talking about, you grizzled old man? Let's go, Brandon. Apparently, Camilla Parker Bowles over there in England can't stop talking about the flatulence. <laughs> she was so tickled and or horrified. Well, the president was over there in the UK. Just, oh, my God, she brings it up to everyone she meets. But we're not going there because we're not childish. No, idiots. gosh, no. One thing I know about us. Yeah. Oh, we need to get back to the the question of Mexican drug cartels running homeless camps because, quote unquote, homeless camps are meth camps. They're drug addict camps. That's the customers of the cartel. And they are actively participating on our streets with the cooperation of our politicians with ruining the brains of Americans with their awful, awful new meth. And, and the woke crowd, the utopian crowd, is too blinded by their unicornian ideas to recognize it. But more on that to come. So it's sliding under the, um, uh, the, the veneer of this is an economic problem when it's a drug problem. Right, right. And as we've said many times on the show, there are very few things that are just one thing. Well, yeah, if a I got horse, a meth habit... A horse is one thing, isn't it? It's just a horse. Well, yes, yes, but I'm talking about societal issues. You're talking not, about monocausal explanations for p- complex problems. That's right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Ain't no horses in this discussion. <laughs> At least there weren't. Um, anyway, uh, very few things are just one thing. So, yeah, if I'm a tweaker and I can barely hold a job at all and rents go up, yes, okay, yes, I am more likely to end up on the streets. But the primary causation is not the rent, it's the meth. So I have a number of uh, brief economic stories I think you may find interesting. But first, did you hear about the 16-year-old girl who was abducted by this monster? And he was driving her to his lair or, or whatever and abusing her and the rest of it. And she couldn't, like, overtly signal for help or roll down the window and yell or, or he would have done terrible things to her. But it had gone viral on TikTok how to signal for help. Well, I don't know this. This hand signal. I think, in general, women were more interested in this, particularly young women than men. Uh, but some outlets aren't even saying what it is, so the monsters don't know. But that, that seems paranoid to me. You have your hand, you're facing your hand, your hand is facing the intended recipient of the message. You put your thumb across, and then you enclose your thumb. 
with your fingers, meaning I'm being held. Went viral on TikTok, or TikTok rather. This gal did that, 16 years old, and uh, several others who drove by knew what she meant and called the cops. Wow. Said this young woman just signaling that she's being held, and sure enough, she had been kidnapped by this monster in Kentucky. Well, I was completely that, oblivious to this. I could have been right next to a car with a woman doing that over and over again. I wouldn't have had any idea. Yeah, I tell you what, I mean, if... But if, once everybody, I mean, I kind of understand why you want to keep it a secret, not... Although, if it's too much of a secret, a lot of the victims don't know about it. But, you know, if it's, you know, the old, like, cut your throat, finger across your throat. I mean, (laughs) once it becomes universal enough, then it's not going to work. Although, the the beauty of it is that you could just, you know, you appear to be waving at somebody or or just putting your hand up. Because from the other side, you can't see what the person's doing, really. Mm. Yeah, so anyways. How about the upside down A-OK? You give that one. That's, uh, I believe that's a white supremacist signal, according to CNN. And virtually nobody else. Uh, okay, so a couple of economic stories for you. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Number one, Rolls-Royce. Never mind the cars, they're an engine maker. They are getting back into the nuclear reactor build, uh, business. Rolls-Royce is going to make nuclear reactors. Yeah, they uh, injected a bunch of money into redeveloping their uh, their design and, and, and building group. Nuclear, if you are serious about the green thing, green energy, fossil fuels, global warming, you ought to be screaming at your legislators to get nuclear nuclear energy going. Does it have certain challenges and risks? Of course it does. You know what? I think the average unicornian doesn't understand what energy is. It's something very small that can do big things because it puts out so much energy. Whenever you have that much energy, you're going to have the potential for it being released unexpectedly in ways you don't want. And yes, radioactivity is scary because it's invisible. But with the technology, uh, technologies we have today with reasonable regulation, it's probably better than burning dinosaur juice. So anyway, uh, look for Nuke to stage a comeback, perhaps. A more retail topic, we mentioned this earlier terrible nursing shortage all over America, particularly more rural hospitals. Uh, 99% of rural hospitals said they're experiencing a staffing shortage. Virtually everyone. There's there's one somewhere in Arkansas that's got plenty of folks, evidently. But it's virtually every single one of them. And 96% of them said they're having the most difficulty finding nurses. I wonder if the economics of that work, that the kind of towns you're talking about, could possibly pay the wages it would take to have uh, to be fully staffed. Well, if the free market works the way it should, and, and the market's rarely free these days, it's so brutally regulated, but uh, there should be a surge in people graduating from nursing schools to the point of perhaps driving wages down. That's the way economies mm. are supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you react to that by, whoa, 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 what about the nurses? who exist their wages will go down that's not fair you're too dumb to participate in the conference i'm sorry why would i say that? i'm sorry i am so sorry you need further education in economics a shortage created the artificially high wages as soon as there are enough nurses to fill the nursing jobs those wages will stop rising maybe they stay the same but anyway i've only got I've- anecdotal evidence i've spent some time in the er in the uh, uh last several months a fair amount of time and everybody all the nurses were so young it's like they're all 20 somethings i just wondered do you start out in the er and move up or is it just 
Is that a uh, what we're just talking about? There's been such a shortage for so long that a lot of young people have gone into uh, the schooling required, but everybody's so young. Yeah, and and not terribly experienced. And I think anybody who spent any time in a hospital has experienced bad nursing. It's not an easy job. They're overworked. They work long shifts. I get that. I'd be and, terrible at it. Because um, it's but, a customer service thing. Not only do you have to have all the, the, the technical know-how, it's a customer service thing. And yeah. uh, it's, customer service is not for everybody. Well, I have the solution from a Bloomberg story, also economic in nature. Robot nurses. There you go. What could go wrong there? Exactly. <laughs> Give me your arm. Ow, ow, ow. Give it to me. Ow. And all of a sudden, you're in there for your spleen. You got a severed arm. Hold still for your enema. I've got oh. a broken ankle. Hold still, human. They hold you down. Exactly. <laughs> ah, American workers hoping a tight pandemic labor market will translate into better pay. It might just mean robots taking their jobs instead. Labor shortages, rising wages, pushing U.S. businesses to invest in automation. Recent federal survey of chief uh, of CFOs, uh, chief financial officers, found that uh, at firms with high, difficulty hiring, a third of them are implementing or exploring automation to replace workers. Domino's Pizza, putting in place equipment and technology to reduce the amount of labor required to produce our dough balls. Nice job, dough ball. Uh, Mark Coffey, Group Vice President at Hormel Food Corp., maker of Spam. Hey, and Skippy Peanut Butter said, yeah, we're ramping up our investments in automation because of the tight labor supply. Uh, there's actually quite a long list, um, all sorts of companies. But, yeah, huge increase in automated labor. You know, who was I listening to the other day? I think it was, oh, it was uh, that podcast you recommend, Dispatch Podcast. They were talking to Ben Sass. And he was talking about with the, the digital revolution and AI and all, the idea of lifetime labor, a lifetime job. Uh, even if you want it, the idea of there will be a job for you is probably about to disappear. We might have vast swaths of humanity who are unemployed and unemployable because of automation. That's almost guaranteed, so funny you should mention that. I started into the book I mentioned last week, last night, the new book by Henry Kissinger, Eric Schmidt, who is one of the Google founders, and Daniel Hutton Locher, who is an MIT AI guy. And it's a, a new book that, that's out about artificial, artificial intelligence, AI. And it's all about basically warning the world, look, this is what's coming. Not like could come, might come. This is happening. This is absolutely going to happen. And AI is, AI is going to um, upset labor in a way nothing has in the history of the world um, with all the robot stuff you're just talking about just exploding in a short period of time. And there are going to be vast swaths of people of a certain age that just there's just no need for them to work. There's nothing for them to do. Let's go ahead and toss out the uh, the argument, which is a sound one. And it's always thrown in at about this point. Jack, that's been said of every significant advance in technology in the history of mankind. Yeah, there ain't never From been... the plow to the cotton gin. Yeah, there ain't never been anything like this. There ain't never been anything like the cotton gin. Look at it. Separating the cotton from the other non-cotton well, The cotton stuff. gin, the plow, all those things were for a specific thing, but this AI is all-encompassing. It's going to change every kind of work, everything you can imagine. You're going to be able to uh, have done by robots or you know whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't think we're going to keep calling them robots, but it is going, it's a problem. And as you heard on the podcast, Ben Sass says, I don't want to leap to this whole... Um, uh, universal income thing right away. I'm not sure that's the right answer, but we're gonna have to figure out when there's we, when we are able to produce so much stuff, but without human beings. 
Yeah, I'm not a technician. I'm more an armchair philosopher, and I think uh, I think they're probably right on that. I also think that that will cause such profound changes in the human spirit in the countries that have that. I mean, because it'll take a while to catch on in the third world, probably. But I think in your developed countries that uh, that it surges forward most quickly in, you'll see plunging birth rates. You'll see rampant suicide. I mean, the idea Good that morning. we're all going to get government money and, and use it to study, I don't know, bird watching, and, and we'll all go fishing and, and be happy as clams. I, do, I think you remove purpose from humans, and you get miserable humans. I got a little more on this when we come back. Do you have any thoughts or know anything about it? Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty Show. Mummy, 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 my tongue is really sore and it really hurts. It feels like skin was coming off. I burst into tears because I was really worried. I, I was never seen this before. He did say that we were very lucky because the tongue is the fastest healing in the body. Sour warhead lollies in particular can be very dangerous. They've got high levels of acid. The lollies have a similar pH level to hydrochloric acid. Products with this level of acid or pH can cause chemical burns to the cheeks, to the tongue. We do see a lot of trauma and we see a lot of damage that can be done to to teeth and to gums from sour lollies. I just wanted to make it aware to parents that how dangerous these lollies actually are. Mm. Lolly menace. Uh, my kids have eaten no warheads. They have not had a hole burned in their tongue. So I guess we just got lucky. Have they had the lollipops, though? No. I don't think we have. pH akin to hydrochloric acid. My God. So we were talking just before the break uh, briefly, and I'm, I'm reading this book, so I'll be bringing more information as I get into it. What is the name of the book? Uh, the Age of AI, and it's got uh, three big-time thinkers in it, including Henry Kissinger. His role as former Secretary of State and just global thinker is mostly, look, this is going to disrupt the planet in a way that nothing ever has, and we really should get on the front end of thinking about this. Um, I'll just read a little bit. Um, we're already in a revolution powered by artificial intelligence, and this technology has the potential to be one of the most powerful and all-encompassing revolutions in human history. Yet it is gradually unfolded out of distinct efforts to solve unique practical problems rather than a comprehensive plan development. And that's what they're trying to get into. Some overarching idea of how is how are we going to lay this out? How is this going to work? The idea, the theory is among most people is that AI is going to allow for unbelievable productivity. I mean, because you can you can outproduce human beings running round the clock on holidays much faster of everything. Okay, fine. So our gross domestic product goes way up. We got we got automated trucks that are driving back and forth across the country. You don't have to limit the hours they can drive at all. Um, uh, or the days or the, or, you know, anything. 
mean, trucks running 24-7 on Christmas Day. And none of the none of the old rules would apply anymore. Um, so our productivity is going to go so high, but what are, no, why are you going to need anybody to work to do what? And if people aren't working, how are they going to buy all this produced stuff? What, what are you going to use for money to buy this unbelievable productivity that we've got going on? Well, far be it for me to jump on the whole income inequity uh, bandwagon, but it strikes me that you would have like a very, very small group of people who are profiting from this and then the rest of us. The rest of us being like 90% of us. Right, if not 99. <laughs> well, yeah, so obviously that's unsustainable. You'd have a revolution on your hands. So, um, But I, I, I have no idea where this is going. This, this is, Unless you're 80 years old and you're listening right now, this is likely to happen in our lifetimes or at least the front end of it in all your developed countries. And that's you know that's why this, this book and other people have been thinking about it. Elon Musk's been talking about this for a long time. That, look, this is what's happening. Oh, that's what uh, Andrew Yang, that was practically his entire campaign for president. Look, this is what's coming down the road. We need to prepare for it. Every single job will be done by computers or robots or virtually every single one. Right. Uh, With unbelievable uh, productivity, but so what? What are you, you going to do for a living? How are you going to buy anything? What are you going to do all day? Right. I mean, to, again, the discussion of the human soul, I think, is uh, an important one here as well. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we are lucky to have a lot of really smart people listening to the show. Part of it is that we were born as a uh, talk show in uh, you know the backyard of Silicon Valley. So a lot of people involved with all the cutting edge of everything in the world are in our listening audience and have been for a long time. If you know more about this AI, um, uh, particularly around how what it is going to do to work and jobs and uh, that revolution that's going to go on, hit us on the text line. We've already gotten some really great texts we'll get to next segment. Text line being 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. All right, say if you have extended comments you'd like to make via email, we'll, we'll grab those as well. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, meanwhile, back at the West Coast bum explosion. The West Coast. Yeah. Oh, I forgot we had that. Yeah. That seems a little over the top. It's uh, of questionable taste. Uh, let's hear it again. The West Coast. Bum the West Coast. live with it for a while serves a purpose yeah so uh it's become increasingly clear uh, as we've been talking about for several days now and it seems the rest of the media is beginning to catch up that to a huge extent the west coast bum problem and indeed the bum problem around america is not a problem of rents and housing and and income disparities and the rest of the crap you hear on msnbc it's a meth problem particularly this new meth that is utterly dangerous for people's brains. It's chemically different, if you're just tuning in. It just is horrible. It's also become clear that uh, the Mexican drug cartels and their uh, uh, stateside friends uh, have not missed this. They are acutely aware of it. Interesting that the activists and the government types are not aware of it, but the drug gangs are. Yeah, interesting. Very good point. 
Yeah, this is a uh, a Sacramento, California city councilman, Sean Loloi, uh, talking about the situation in his district. Today in our uh, homeless encampment, they have also become a haven for our drug cartels that are actually coming to these encampments. They're selling their drugs. They're actually charging that community rent for the tents that they have in the encampment. This is getting much bigger than just, well, you have a group of people, let's put them in a house, um, housing environment. Uh, you've got to give the gangs and cartels credit for being uh, creative entrepreneurs. Not content to just go to that cluster of addicts and sell them the death they crave. They've taken up the administration of the place. They're actually now erecting tents and charging people rent while selling them death. I mean, it's like, you know, a golf community by Titleist um, to cite my hobby. The Federalist was reporting on this in the L.A. area Earlier in the year, read a little bit from there, uh, there, well, the headline was Los Angeles neighborhood deteriorates into a street slum as violent gangs terrorize residents. One resident whose identity is concealed for fear of gang retaliation told the Federalist the new encampments, the bum camps, possess the sophisticated craftsmanship of wooden structures complete with large screen TVs and generators with a tarp tossed over them. Wow. It's not wow. just a sidewalk anymore. One homeless man has a fully furnished for himself a portion of a nearby underground tunnel that once was used for school children to uh, to go underneath Hollywood Boulevard, but he turned it into just a place to live. And uh, it's part of a gang turf war of who runs what part of what bum camp uh, for all their drug needs. That's well, just fantastic. And it wasn't long ago that KABC in Los Angeles, the TV uh, KABC, was reporting on uh, residents in the Los Feliz neighborhood who live near a homeless encampment say the city continues to treat it like a group of unhoused people when it's actually a street gang-run dealing hub. Right off of Hollywood Boulevard, LAPD confirms that the La Mirada Locos gang has been selling drugs from the camp. Uh, All sorts of arrests, uh, violence, gunfire. One resident who didn't want to be identified for terror of being beaten or killed by the gang said, it's obviously a gang problem and not a homeless problem. I don't feel comfortable going to work knowing that they're across the street. My property's been broken into four times now. But city officials continue to treat the encampment as a group of homeless people. It's unbelievable. One gang member has been holed up uh, since last summer, sells drugs during the day, sleeps at night in a nearby hotel. Uh, cops say, I've never seen anything like this in my career. And the city, you know, the gurus continue to turn a blind eye. There's a story in KPIX, which is a CBS affiliate in the San Francisco Bay Area, talking about this uh, luxury condo building. It's at uh, Van Ness, and it's between Van Ness and Polk on Willow, if you happen to be a San Franciscan. Uh, they got million-dollar uh, units in this place, okay? The expensive places, uh, or units, rather, are a million freaking dollars. The residents are terrified. They can't go downstairs. They can't walk into or out of the parking garage. They're afraid to drive to the parking garage. And they say the problem has exploded exponentially since COVID. It is a giant drug, bum, crime, slash, garbage, rat camp. 
What's the worst part of it? Well, probably the threats of violence, the threats of violence to us, to other residents of the building, says one resident. I've seen people fighting. I myself was leaving once, and a man approached my car yelling obscenities, threatening me, which was really scary. Guy passed out in front of our door with a needle hanging out of his arm all day long, and children had to walk past that. Um, the, the bums uh, prop open the gate when residents leave, then run in and steal packages and the rest of it. Everybody's terrified for their lives and locked inside their units. But that's all of that is because the rents are too damn high or because of income inequality. I know if I wasn't living in, uh, making enough to live in a real nice place in San Francisco, you know what I'd do? I'd start doing meth and robbing people. Unbelievable. These people are so blind to the realities of humanity. And by these people, I mean so many of the activists and the, and the, the city council uh, utopians. There was a guy passed out. I went to the grocery store the uh, other night, Sunday night, and uh, there was a guy passed out kind of by the front sliding door thing, just leaning up against the wall. And I thought, man, wasn't many years ago that would have just been everybody been standing here with their mouths open. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, because it would have been so odd. Sure. Who do we call? What do we do? So incongruent. So it doesn't fit with your view of the world that here, right here, you'd have some homeless person passed out. But now it's just, eh, what are you going to do? Oh, so I, I remember. That's right. I had an overall point I wanted to make. I'm glad it popped into my, my crazy head. Um, So in San Francisco, if you're not familiar with this, there are open drug bazaars on the streets. There are, it's like, you know, outside a ball game where you have like unauthorized guys selling t-shirts and, 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 and whatnot and hats and all. Well, in San Francisco, they have these drug bazaars where you just wander down the street. There's a cop there. Good morning, officer. How are you, sir? I'm going to buy some meth, if you'll excuse me. Then you walk in right there. Right there, you're buying drugs from cartel members and gang members and, and drug dealers of all sorts. Um, and so much of it now is this new meth that is driving people to the streets. It's making them mentally ill. It's creating this enormous expense for society. And look, I'm a libertarian type. I don't care what you smoke. I don't care who you sleep with. It's none of my business unless what you're doing turns you into a ward of the state and I end up paying for your junky ass. And I'm not really comfortable with that. So San Francisco, I'm talking to you right now, Los Angeles, Sacramento, and, and Seattle and Portland and Austin, and then you name it. If you got it going on in your local cities, I'm sorry I didn't name check them. I'm not that concerned about personal possession and use for the reasons that have been gone over a thousand times. But we as a society, need to be cracking down like crazy on the dealers. We need to make it nearly impossible to deal meth on America's city streets or this problem of bums and junkies and mental illness and bipolar disorder and homelessness and hospitals filled with crazy people and, and the poo on the streets and the crime and the rest of it. It will never go away unless we wake up and realize, number one, we have a meth problem. Now, are there other things going on probably ought to be addressed? Sure, of course. How about we deal with meth first and then see what's left over? Am I wrong? Once again, you can text us, 415-295-KFTC, or email mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. In the immortal words of Don Henley, I could be wrong, but I'm not. Uh, I doubt any of this is going to get better when artificial intelligence is taking everybody's jobs and we're all on a universal income and we just lay around all the time. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, that's what I fear. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that next segment as we got some good text. And if you have anything, text line is 415-295-KFTC. I'm looking up at the TV, though, and uh, uh, CBS is doing a story about this college sports season 
and how it's a little bit different since the Supreme Court changed the rules on college athletes being able to make money. Oh, really? Interesting. And they're reporting on something that we've mentioned several times, (laughs) the always unintended consequences. God, if there's one thing anybody should ever take to heart throughout their whole life is unintended consequences. You you make a change. (laughs) You think you know what's going to happen. You don't. And so everybody thought all the big star college football player and college basketball player and all the money and how it was going to corrupt the big sports and all this sort of stuff. And they're featuring all these volleyball player girl or (laughs) water polo girls or whatever, just super hot sports nobody watches, not even particularly good teams. They're raking in cash like crazy because they're hot. It ended up being a big thing for hot people way more than it's a big thing for good athletes. Wow. It, there are, you know, your big, giant, standout football players, basketball players that are making money. But for the most part, the cash flow has been for the hot people. I got to get back to work on the old six-pack, you know? Or we'll some... Get, we'll get to work on those abs. Some dudes, they featured some swimmers and that sort of stuff like that. But not, you know, it's not like they're gold medal swimmers or anything like that. They're just hot. They're hot swimmers. Yeah, let the market decide. Uh, there was a ruling the other day. One of your sports decided they're not going to make women wear bikini bottoms anymore. They can wear was like your, your beach handball. Yeah, yeah, that was the big controversy during the Olympics where it turns out the rules were you had to wear panties to play the sport. And oh, women yeah. finally said, why are you making us do this? Yeah, the very rules had the specs. It must be no more than two inches wide at an angle of such. I mean, it's like Larry Flint designed this. Right. How odd. Well, of course, well, I'm sorry, getting back to your previous point, they knew exactly what they were doing. Yep, they did know what they were doing. And if you're a college girl that wants to make money off of being an athlete, you might prefer that outfit. I don't know. That's funny, though. <laughs> All these years of arguing about athletes and the corruption and how it would affect the sport. No, no, no. Here's what's going to happen. The hot people are going to make lots of money. Turned out to be the Hot College Chick Emancipation Act. <laughs> Right. Now you're not just a student athlete like an actual for real student athlete that's going to class and playing a sport nobody watches except for your parents on the weekends. Now, if you happen to be hot, there's a whole bunch of money involved. You're on posters. You got websites and millions of followers and you're doing Ford commercials and everything else. Seems silly. But if you want to spend your money and time on that, none of my business. No, no. Fine. Uh, Great text on artificial intelligence and where it might be going, among other things on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some business news. Walmart just announced that it is now using fully driverless trucks to deliver groceries to customers. It's pretty cool, actually. The driverless trucks will pick up items from Walmart and then deliver them right through your living room wall. (laughs) Funny joke, but uh, it is going to get perfected. It will get perfected. The artificial intelligence that is needed to have these self-driving trucks, all those truck driving jobs will be gone. The trucks will be able to run 24-7 whenever they want, and um, uh, that's a giant chunk of the labor force that just won't be needed anymore. We got a bunch of texts around here, so I'm, t- I'm t- uh, uh, to go with this. I we got um, I'm talking about this book. 
that just came out that I'm reading this, the Age of AI by uh, three great thinkers, Henry Kissinger, this guy Schmidt, who was one of the starters of Google, and this other guy who's at MIT. And they're basically alerting us to where we are with artificial intelligence, where we are certainly going. And, hey, you might want to think about this before it gets too late on uh, how it's just going to eliminate the need for so many jobs. One of the things, uh, well, I'll read from the book. One of the beauties of artificial intelligence is that once programmed, it is self-sustaining, unlike traditional software, and draws lessons from its own experiences, which can only affirm uh, human cognition with traditional software. The increasing transfer of power to make decisions from human beings to AI-powered machines highlights a revolutionary trend of AI. So AI can reprogram itself. It can learn what is optimal. It can fix itself. It, it, it will start doing things in a way we don't even know because it started learning from itself and we just watch it and like, I don't know what it's doing or why it's doing it, but it knows better than I do. They Excuse use, me, Mr. Computer, what are you doing? They use the idea of when they finally came up with uh, chess programs that could beat human beings. And the artificial intelligence has got good enough now that the best human chess players in the world look at it and think, it makes no sense what they're doing, what that program is doing. It just, no human being would do that. It doesn't make sense. It's it's something that's beyond our capacity to understand why you would do that. Really? Huh. And that is going to transfer to all these different areas of, uh, of production. Um, some of the text that we got getting to that, um, including this... Uh, Oh, somebody texted, we stopped hiring people to write content for websites. We now only use AI. So even writers can be uh, eliminated. An an Israeli company has invented a drone with artificial intelligence that can identify fresh fruit and pick it. We got this text, and it made me think about this. Um, So uh, if AI and automation is going to eliminate jobs, do you think we need millions of migrants that don't speak the language uh, are poorly educated and have 19th century labor skills? Yeah, uh, definitely not. What? What are? I don't know what we're going to do with a bunch of college-educated people that do have skills if none of these jobs exist. I sure as heck don't know what you're going to do with the people that don't have any skills. Yeah, well, just real briefly, we got this note from Art in Florida, and uh, appreciate the note very much, Art, but uh, he said there will be plenty of jobs that will just change. There will be people creating, engineering, designers, technicians to test and refine the robots, installers to implement the robots in the workplace. There will still be people needed to truck the robots to their locations. Uh, Al, or I'm sorry, Art, with all due respect, there will be ro- there will be computers creating, engineering, and designing the robots there will be computers testing and refining the robots. There will be robots installing the robots in the workplace. There will be robotic trucks delivering them to their locations. Absolutely. I don't think you get what AI is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Joe and I were both referencing this podcast we listened to with Senator Ben Sass, where he's talking about this very topic and trying to figure out we need to get ahead of what this is going to be to, due to human beings mentally, emotionally, to to not have a job if we figure out the economics of this somehow universal income or i don't know what we're just such a productive country and we're selling to people around the world we got enough money i guess to pay us all to just stay home and in do short nothing. we get in first yeah so we are the ai manufacturer to the world at least for a while <laughs> will human beings be able to find a way to satisfy their their need to be productive their need to feel like they're a part of society that they're doing something i don't know about that
It is as self-evident to me as the sunrise. Humans need a purpose. And if you separate people from a purpose for getting up and, and living their day, they will become despondent. They will, whether it's drugs, alcohol, suicide, whatever, you will have misery. We are a beast made to seek and achieve. Now, some some people are just lazy and can lay around stoned all day, and that's fine. Maybe they'll be the uh, the early adapters to this. But most people need to feel like they have a purpose for yeah. their life. J- John it, Adams uh, once said that uh, our generation is studying uh, something along the lines. I'm close to right. Our generation is studying war, economics, and governance so that the next generation can study art and philosophy. But I think he was wrong about that. You just can't have people laying around studying art and philosophy. It's just, you'd go crazy. You'd have, right. a, you'd have a bunch of crazy people. Well, and it doesn't last. And it, do, and it wouldn't last, right. Yeah. And and I have this uneasy feeling, and, and it's more than a feeling, it's a certainty, that there are aspects of this I cannot imagine, and they are so important, they will completely change it by the time it arrives in earnest. You know, whether it's... Uh, one country will decide, well, that ain't happening, and just bomb the bejesus out of the others, <laughs> or there will be an immediate revolution as people are denied the right to work and are literally begging the government, "Can you up my my uh, my 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 payment from a thousand to eleven hundred a month, please?" We got this. You guys apparently never watched Star Trek. Everybody will be equal. There'll be no money, and apparently, no one ever needs to go to the bathroom. And chicks will wear really, really short skirts. If you miss an hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, you can get it on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. That's pretty cool. How about all that merch, that gear, the Let's Go Brandon stuff and everything else? That's also at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.